Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. Oh, I, I look at myself as just the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, oh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. Well, welcome to episode five of The C Word. I'm Luke. I'm here with Lee. We're doing things a little differently today. We uh, we literally sat down, turned on the mics, and um, and we've just we've just started chatting. What's the role of us, everyone else? You know, in the conversations that we've had and how we even began this podcast was that it was me listening where he said about not having the guilt associated to it and going, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that, you know, or, or the the. So, so deciding on treatment I had in my head before I was going to ask you like there's almost different phases that you went through so there's the what do you require from us as someone who's been impacted by this health issue and you're now going fuck my whole life's been turned upside down how do I deal with it it's almost like the first support piece in terms of immediate response the next part around how do I decide in terms of even making the, you know, what to do with this treatment, what to do going forward. And then once I've made that decision, now what do I need from people? This is what I needed from those around me. I needed the, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I needed like and it's over time has developed. developed into that because of those conversations we had early with people about, mm. um, and I think we sort of spoke about it, it's the same as building a football team that you can't, you can't go and choose the position that you play in. You get put in that position because that's where I need you, not where you would like to be. So there's an element Ooh, of... I like that. There's an element of people, and I don't know if selfish is the right word, but people are either like biased to an area or selfish to an area because they want to have, I want to do this. I want to affect in this area. And it's not necessarily where you need them. Like you might need them in another area and then it's balancing out. Like everyone's got a limit. I can't take 100% of you this week and then expect 100% next week. You've got to find a balance in between there and depending on how large your network is. And again, I think we spoke about it the other week when I said I'd listening to those, that elderly couple that were waiting for four hours after treatment mm. to get like a government pickup to drop them home, which was an hour and a bit away. And you look at that and go, wow, you're limited in your resources and the people that are supporting you. And then you get people like myself that are lucky enough to have this really broad number of people that are supporting you. And it's how do I balance all of that out? Because if you don't let people help, then they feel a level of guilt, whether that's valid or not or I don't understand why you would feel a level of guilt if you feel like you're not contributing. Like a phone call can be a contribution or a message can be the way that you contribute to support. It doesn't have to be something that is right in front of you, that I'm taking you somewhere, that I'm doing something for you, that I've bought you shopping, that I've done this. So everybody wants to 
It's almost like going to an Italian wedding where everyone's trying to go one up. Here's the envelope. <laughs> In here is $1,000. Guess what? Next family. Here's 2000 Here's three. And it builds and it builds. It's almost like that. So mm. it's trying to find you don't need to do significant things. You just need to do little things. And a good example of that so far for me is like with my sister, Rachel, being her usual self and wanting to control the universe and, and what goes on and support people um, whilst trying to maintain herself. She wanted to do a lot, but where we've now fallen in is in the space of my training. So going to see an exercise physiologist twice a week that she arranged and we go together. So that's our time to go together and train and then we have a coffee and we talk. And it's good because we're really common in that space in terms of I used to train her Mm. before she took that path of um, wanting to become a trainer. So whilst it's a small amount of time, it's good because the connectivity is um, what you want at that point. Like you're not going to ask somebody to, when you want to have a proper conversation, you're not going to go and get that person that you used to get on the piss with four nights a week. <laughs> because all you're going to get is, yeah, mate, no, you'll be right. She's good. What, it, what else is happening? Yeah. You know, um, you need a proper conversation. <laughs> you need an educated conversation. You need someone that can reflect and, yeah. <clears throat> and then influence and so forth. So it's balancing out all those roles which is, I guess, some individuals will be capable that are going through it, are capable of um, seeing that and arranging it, and then others aren't. So then it's, in some cases, I guess it's, if you've got a brother, sister, uncle, auntie, somebody that is capable in that space of people management, then engage that person to be your project manager throughout the period. What is it then you needed from me out of interest? Oh, I don't want to pump your tires up too much here. <laughs> um, I didn't need anything from you because knowing you, I, I knew that you would find your own uh, avenue. Very rarely is there any selfishness to, to anything that you do. Very rarely do you have a dummy spit. Very rarely. So I didn't think about what I needed from you because I knew that you'd sit back and look and go, I'm going to find my place of relevance and then I'll give 100% in that space. And I won't overstep the mark. I'm just going to be what I need to be for that period of time. Um, and starting this process, I guess, has probably been one of the best things. Well, it's been the best thing that I've done going through this period to um, have someone recognise that we should probably talk to more people about this stuff because... Um, it can affect people in a, in a in a range of ways. So I didn't ever sit there and think, what do I need from Luke? Because I knew you'd find your space. Mm. And again, everybody is different. Some people, they want, I want to be uh, the 100 metre freestyler. That's what I want to be. Actually, you're not very good at that. You're more of a backstroke. So we're going to put you into that role. No, 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 I want to... On a, on a swim in a hundred free. Mm. Yeah, but you can't do that. You're better here. Mm. Some people can't do that and some people can recognise where is my place of relevance? What am I capable of? Where can I give my most? Um, and what's going to make the difference? And then it's being comfortable with that. Like, if that's only one day a week, it's one day a week. If it's for an hour once a week, 
just make it a good hour and that's all that's required mm. um it's interesting it's almost like as as humans we <clears throat> we see the challenge we see the problem it's almost like everyone wants to play that lead role everyone wants to come in and slay the dragon and and you know almost be part of that heroic story of whatever it is but actually what we're saying here and or i guess the way the the experience that you're having is looking and going i appreciate that you would love to be t- in your language the freestyle swimmer but actually we all know you're fantastic backstroke so let's focus on that instead because in in many ways you're going to be the hero of that story but i don't need you to necessarily come in and think you're gonna gonna like this is this is my thing to deal with please just be there and show up in a way that is relevant and authentic to you as the individual as opposed to whatever it is you think in your mind that you you're trying to be uh yeah and it's probably the same for well not probably it is the same for sport for business, for community. Mm, yeah, that's that very it's, true. Um, everybody has a role within an organisation, within a team, um, to achieve an outcome. Now, whether or not you love your role or not, at that point in time, it's relevant to meeting the outcome of the business or the team. So we just need you to perform in that space to your maximum. And then maybe at some stage you'll develop into a freestyler and there'll be a role that will open up there for you. <laughs> so um, I guess it's that approach to it is relevant in everything that we do every day, whether it is work or sport or mm. just your local community. Um, and it's been comfortable in that space. If you're constantly wanting to overachieve um, or, or be front and centre, um, it's a lot of pressure to carry. And sometimes, or maybe a lot of the time, you won't execute. And then with that comes perhaps withdrawal. Maybe people then withdraw from wanting to support or commit because, oh, geez, I haven't executed well in that space. Mm. So it's find what you're good at. Is that purpose being filled at the moment? If it is, where else can I shift? What else can I do? Um, and being comfortable in that space. And it's, you know, swings and roundabouts. Mm. Um, like, lucky enough, at the moment, I've got um, my dad, uh, Brian, living with us. And Laura's mum, uh, Clazza, she's up here as well. Claire, Clazza. Um, <laughs> Formerly known as Clazza. <laughs> yeah, she only responds to Clazza. Um, that I've got them up here at the moment. They're for a short period of time, so... Um, they're the type at the moment that you can draw on 100% every day because it's a short, defined time. But then when they go home, I'm still going to live here in Brisbane. And then my support network will still be there, but people that were contributing in small spaces, then your role's going to, it might expand. Mm. So it's about balancing all of that out, mm. you know, and finding, I don't want to, you don't want to burn people out. You don't want to overburden people. Um, it's interesting is as you're saying it, I'm picturing in my head like to your concept of a tribe, right? So a tribe is effectively how we operate in a multitude of things. So to your point of sports or whether it's business or, or now we're saying within you know yourself and your family and, and, and your support network around you, it's almost like with this tribe concept, you're, you know, when you've been 
So I guess the difference with you is you've been faced with a health challenge. Your choice here initially was I could either f- crumble and fall over. And, and some people, you know, that, that, that is a response to it because maybe they haven't had the emotional um, fitness they required to build up to this point to be able to deal in a particular manner with it. And that's okay. Everyone's different. Everyone responds and reacts differently in the world. Your choice in this one was that you've turned around and you've gone, I'm actually going to step up and I'm going to take that, that space of optimism and I'm going to take that space of like drawing on my emotional fitness but by doing that you're almost taking a little bit of a leader role and in that leader role you're now looking at that tribe around you to go okay how do I pick and choose the resource appropriately based on whatever it is we're trying to achieve it's like it's almost a replica of it as you're saying it because the one part of it is how do I take instead of even though I'm the person with the the problem I don't want to say the problem but you know even though I'm the person faced with the challenge I'm going to take it from a leadership role i'm gonna respectfully ask to draw on different parts of the resources and hope that they can see their role within that too um and it's really important that you play that role so that we can kind of make get through this because this is a bit of a long game right this is not just the six weeks of treatment this is the six weeks of treatment and then we see how we go this is then the six months of chemo and then we see how we go you know like it's it's a it's a long road so it's almost like i need to be able to draw on it so there's there's that part and there's also the consistency piece because I think it's interesting you, as you're saying this, I'm going, yep, figure out how you show up and then do it consistently uh, for yeah. people around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess the problem with it is that there's inconsistency and in when I guess from um, your support team, there's inconsistency there because look, I feel at the moment, I feel great. So I feel like if, if I had my license, if I had, I still do have my license, but I'm not allowed to drive <laughs> if you're allowed for six to drive, period. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> if I was allowed to drive, I wouldn't be calling on the support that I'm, I am at the moment. I'd be transporting myself around. I'd be, I'd be definitely back working in some mm. capacity right now. Mm. Um, uh, but don't have that ability to uh, at the moment. So inconsistency in, in where people support you is, I guess, something that, your support team have to get used to like it's um being well, flexible yeah. being fluid the yeah. same in anything yeah you know they're humans at the end of the day they all have their own lives like we're talking this with the with the viewpoint from you as the lead character in this conversation but the reality is everyone's a main character in their own story right so it's almost figuring out where do i show up as the main where do i show up as the supporting role and then how do each of us as main characters in our own story draw on those supporting roles around us too so i think that's you know, yeah. fair, fair enough. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I think where you get the, the, the best influence from people is where people continue to live their lives the best that they can, exclude me and, and what's happening with me, but you go and do your best every day in what you do. That way when you do contribute in my space, you're bringing your best because that's what you, you're giving every day and what you do. Mm, that's good, isn't it? It's, it's the attitudes that people bring it's the optimism that people bring it's the energy that people bring even if it's for a short period of time even if it's just a text message um that make a difference that resonate with you um so and i'm lucky enough so far to have had um yeah like i said a a lot of people that have been really positive in that space and um and it's been a little bit like i've had quite a few of dinner the other night people that came up and were speaking about the podcast and and about what it means to them and have had individuals say that it's actually relevant i don't have anything wrong with me but i listen to it and it's relevant to 
um, my everyday life. Like I'm, I look at the way that I now manage my relationship or the way that I see my partner or how I deal with my family or my optimism for the day that it's reshaping for people. The other thing I was going to ask is, so you, you're saying a lot of people are, um, have been you know, fairly positive and optimistic around you. Mm-hmm. I recall when it first happened, obviously people's immediate responses to the C word, and I'm not talking about the podcast, I'm talking mm-hmm. about the actual C word, is that it's quite overwhelming, right? Because there's a huge stigma associated to, to, to what it is, and rightly so, because we lose significant amounts of people to this thing that just happens in your which feels like as a human just feels like this thing that happens in your body and then all of a sudden you have a life sentence and you know potentially that's it so your people's immediate response was a lot of sympathy sadness i'm so sorry like Mm. there's a lot of this which is understandable and Mm. we all we all naturally do it we've all probably done it in other situations but we're talking about you and your situation here there was a point though where you where you decided that's enough sympathy and actually i need people to show up in the way that they're showing up here what was what was the like what was the shift what was your response initially in terms of hearing people giving their very kind very genuine very warm sympathies because they were really upset for you not knowing your response to it versus when you got to that point when you went okay thank you everyone thank you so much i really i love you and i appreciate it but that's it now i don't want to talk like that anymore i want to focus on this what was the what's that line there that you went around like oh that's probably formulated like after my first uh, meeting with the neurosurgeon i guess is that okay i'm now immediately thinking about how i deal with conversation with my mother who i know is going to be like this is going to be very difficult for her um, and my dad and then and everyone else um, beyond that and immediately you're like okay I need to set the tone because if, I, if I'm sad about it it's easy for everyone else to be sad about it and if everyone's sad about it then the whole that whole environment that space is full of sad uh, and negative emotion and I haven't done much research into any of this, really, but I've read a couple of things about the way that the Chinese culture see cancer and where it comes from, and that it's it comes from emotion. So how emotion is perhaps repressed, and then it builds into um, it builds into whatever cancer uh, you hold. When I read that, that immediately sort of triggered me to go. Okay, they're pretty. They're pretty old culture. They've been through a lot. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a lot that that culture offers to the entire world in terms of how to treat and see things and and so forth. And some probably I don't know one of the oldest medicines in the world, Chinese medicine. So I guess that maybe that was one of the points where I thought to myself that I need to make sure everybody is positive in this space. And without going into anything, everyone goes through stuff throughout their life. I've gone through a reasonable amount over my life in a range of different areas that I know up until last year, I had just locked away. Mm. Just compartmentalized, great, did the coach thing, boom, boom, boom. And as things build, it just shifts further back into the filing cabinet to, to the point where you forget that it's even there. But then at some point, it's still there. And it's got to be dealt with. Um, 
so you're looking at that and going, well, maybe maybe there's something in that about uh, that attitude and that positive energy and, and bringing that and how that can um, combat something mm. like this. Because again, the people you you read about that have beaten the odds, you know, have been given six months, but are here 10 years later, 12 years later, 15 years later. They're really strong individuals. They're really positive. Um, and they've only looked at it in a positive manner that, okay, well, I'll see... I'll understand and I need to know the stats so that I can get a baseline and so forth. But I'm going to create my own path and the right energy will help push you into that space and support you in that space, particularly when you get days and I probably, I might come across as though like I'm 100%, 100% of the time. Um, but I certainly have moments where you go, you've got to take a deep breath and you're sitting there and you just think, oh geez i'm feeling a bit flat and i'm a bit out of energy and yeah this is shit it sucks but i immediately think of a message i got that day a conversation i had the day before i think <clears throat> ah don't have time for this champ back on mm. the horse again mm. and keep shifting in that positive space so and again i'll say i'm really lucky i'm quite spoiled with the people that i have around me i feel like i'm really spoiled that are the people that I have around me that support me. But there are so many people out there that don't have that and that battle this sort of stuff on their own that the person they might lean on might just be a neighbour mm. um, and they don't have an extensive family network or friendship support group or I guess for others out there going through this, it's if you know somebody that is going through something like this, it's what can you contribute? It doesn't have to be enormous. It could just be a conversation each week. It could just be a cuppa out the front. It's an hour of your time. Don't sit down and watch Netflix. Don't go to the pub. Go next door. See Barry or whoever your neighbour is and have a coffee, have a cup of tea, have a chat. Find out do they need anything. I've got to go to Woolworths later today. Can I pick some stuff up for you? It's not detouring your week or your day, but it's allowing you to assist that individual in just easing the burden, I guess, a little bit. And for everyone, it's relative. For someone that has a limited support group, a little tiny thing like that is an enormous difference to their week and to their day and probably gives them that positive energy that, oh, do you know what, that was really good. That, mm. was, that was great to hear that from that individual. I feel, I feel better. Yeah. Uh, and you know when you feel better, mm. whether it's work, sport, whatever it is, if you've got the right frame of mind, um, the results are usually good. They're usually really positive. So I don't see why it can't be the same way with treating and managing something like this. Mm. Um, well, as human beings, we're social creatures, right? We were mm. built off of that connection, I think. So I think it's super important. And also the joy of giving, the joy of being able to show up and be there for someone else. I think people are too conscious or they're trying too hard to be something versus just be generous. You know what I mean? Have your, have your boundaries, show up with integrity, but just be generous. Just if you like, yes, you could sit there and watch Netflix. Yep. You're probably a little bit tired, but actually if you just go and have that conversation, you would get more energy in return from just being able to sit there and go, then walking away going, Hey, thanks. Actually, I just needed to know I mattered today or I needed to know that I was seen, you know, how important is it as humans to just to be seen, to be heard? Yeah. It's interesting because, uh, I'm trying to think of which coach it was. It might have been Ted Witten, and one of his comments was, don't think, do. 
Mm-hmm. So don't think about how enormous your role could be or how significant your role could be. Just do. Just go and do something. If you've got the time to pick an individual up and take them to an appointment, do it. Don't think about it. Oh, that's not enough. I'd like to do it five times this week. Or, or actually, I'd like to do 100 things for you. Just go and do something. Mm. And if it's only one thing, that's fantastic. Again, referring to Rachel and myself, they're my, probably one of, you know, two of my favourite times of the week where picks me up, takes me. It's not my favourite time while I'm doing it, um, the uh, physical um, exertion. Or <laughs> oh, the bloody whinging afterwards about Pilates, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I've had a sore right cheek for a week. Um, but I love it because I finish it and I feel energised and I feel really good and I think, particularly on a Thursday when it's my long day, when I've got multiple appointments, it puts me in a really good space because I get to that appointment and I'm like, you know what, I feel great. I've just, I've exercised today. Um, I've been around some really positive people. Now I've come into this space and I feel good. And when you go into your treatment or your appointments with your doctors and you feel good, um, you certainly get, I I feel like you, the positivity comes back. Mm. They see it in you and then they see the ability to, you're someone that I can, you're coachable. I can work with you. I can, I can absolutely one hundred percent help you um, work through this, beat this, be better than what the expectation is. But if you go into it and you're uncoachable, or unmanageable, doesn't matter the capacity of the individual that's sitting there, the doctor, the surgeon, whoever it may be. Uh, they could talk to you about pink fluffy dogs instead of your treatment. Wouldn't matter because you're not there receiving it. You're not in the right space. So. Little tiny things like that make the big difference to you. So um, I, that's what I've noticed with the groups that I've seen in hospital when you just go, oh, I wonder what they're like. I wonder how many people they have supporting them. The rewarding part for me out of all of this is that I've always known that I've had a really good group of people around me and I feel really blessed in that space. Like I've always genuinely, the one thing that I would talk to people about is or or brag about is... I've got an amazing group of friends around me. I've got an amazing family around me. I've got an amazing group of friends around me. And they might be spread across the country. Um, no, your friend network's always been solid. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. that's and perhaps that's the environment that I grew up in. I mean, those relationships build over time and they build into little groups then and cliques and so forth. And then those cliques become, instead of multiple cliques, become one over time, but just different slices of the pie, I guess. You know, Mm. you've got your extroverts and your introverts, but you're all part of that one group and that one community. And you're not there trying to give and support all the time, but you know that you've got... Like, I know if I need to lean on people. uh, I've got a couple of mates in Tassie, Bo and Christy um, Power, who I lived with for a short period of time. And Christy, I've been friends with since... Jeez, I'm going to say like 15. Um, and Bo, oh, probably maybe 19 mm. around then, 20. Um, Did Bo and, and Christy have that really smart dog? 
Uh, Kelly, Kelly, who's no longer with us, yes, but she was yes, brilliant. She far was out, she was unbelievable. She was like a human. Yeah, she was an amazing <laughs> dog. But they're two individuals that you know I might not speak to for a, a long period of time, but when you do, it's a conversation full of substance and it's not full of pity, ever. Um, Christy's mum at the moment is, you know, she's got a, uh, I don't know what type of cancer it is, but she was diagnosed a, a while ago and it's a, and it's a long term thing. Um, but she lives her life full of positivity and so do the rest of the family and they're a really good unit. But they're people that I don't need to speak to every week to know that I can go and lean on them. If I rang and said, I really need to see you guys, I would guarantee they'd be on a plane here um, as soon as they possibly could be. Um, but I'll catch up with them in Adelaide when we go back at some stage and, um, and reconnect with them. So get your relationships right when you're younger and put the time in and put the energy in and put the conversation in and be supportive and give your last dollar to somebody if they need it. Uh, so you're saying before you started that we've got, what, a week and a half left of your treatment? Yep. You're off to treatment this afternoon. We're doing a little morning session before mm-hmm. you head in there. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? Let's do the weekly the weekly wrap of how you're feeling and where you're at. And I feel I feel really good. I, uh, I had my Thursday as my like, long day. Um, so... You have appointments with um, two areas of oncology, so um, radiotherapy, chemotherapy, uh, and then I have my treatment either in between or post both of those. So it ca- can be quite a long, um, long day in there. So I had that yesterday, and the head of radiotherapy that I sat with um, walked in and he said, "How are you feeling?" I said, oh, "I feel really good." I said, "Oddly enough." And I think we've spoken about this before. I've, in my first couple of weeks of treatment, I would go in and listen to the music that was being played, and I would think to myself, "I've got to remember these songs because mm. I'm smiling, like I'm getting radiotherapy. My brain's getting burnt, but I'm smile. This is making me happy. This music's making me happy. It's making me think of certain things, and it's good because it has made that experience. You can't say you look forward to it, but I almost do because what it's, it's going to be played today. Um. And I would struggle on occasions when I would leave to recall the songs. I could hear a beat or something, but I was like, I've literally just forgotten the words or the name of that song. But in the last two weeks, I can literally now hear the song. Yep, bang, lock it, done. Next one, yep, bang, dung. Third one, yep, bang, dung. And I don't have to sing it to myself because I leave and then say, see you to the girls that are running the radiotherapy space. And then rather than get on my phone like a nitwit early and record a voice message really quietly and everyone's probably looking at me going, what's this lunatic doing? Is he talking about his mistreatment in hospital or are we getting judged? Is this going to <laughs> some sort of regulation? You know, so, um, yeah, uh, I'm now able to wait till I get to the hallway and then document what I've listened to. So for me, the last couple of weeks, um, my memory has been sharper and I feel like my my vision has been much clearer. Which um, is interesting, right? Because they said as you go through the treatment, this is going to deteriorate. Well, not saying can, like initially. Can, I can guess, yeah, everything they yeah. give you is... A possibility. A possibility. Yeah, because you don't know how your responds. Worst case, because you don't know how you're going to respond. Yeah. Um, for me, early on, I had a little bit of that. Now I'm like, well, I feel really good. 
um, and I feel quite sharp. So um, it's been good in that space. Um, I was lucky enough to have a brother-in-law, Sam, take me for a haircut last week. And yes, all, we put that on the on Instagram. Yeah, so I think we had that's that, all. Had I've had you know rave reviews in that space. <laughs> I still feel like I'm going to get a knock on the door and say that you know um, whatever navy ship's ready to take off and <laughs> and I've got to jump on board because um, I've got this haircut. But I don't you know all those it. years at Largs Bay doing the sailing, mate. This could be it. Oh, yeah, but Largs Bay sailing, um, it's cold. You yeah. want longer hair. And you did spend a large portion of that time just boozing afterwards, so to warm up. <laughs> Um, so no, treatment's been um, really good so far, and I haven't got a lot to go, um, which is great. Rip through that, then I've got a month off. When did we get the initial feedback? Um, uh, four weeks after. Okay, so, so the month off is when you're kind of waiting. You just let everything, like the body, relax. I yeah. guess detox to a degree. Yeah. Um, it's seven days for your body to detox. On the eighth day, my wife and I will be oh, disappearing the... to a hotel to somewhere really nice. Um, I forgot I about her, wait. her three minutes of, of happiness to come. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, Such a special <laughs> Expectations and then meeting them. Oh, look, I'm not worried about meeting expectations. Um, but I can't wait to spend an evening with her. Um, so it's a month and then I have another MRI. And they, and they will have a look at it then and, and work out where it's at. Now, I don't know what will come from that. Whilst I feel really good at the moment, I might have an MRI and it might have grown. Yeah. You, ju- you don't know. Yeah. But quite often these things can, from what I'm hearing, that they can grow before they start to shrink and disappear. Or I might be... That one in however many that I go and get the MRI and it's how I'm looking at it and um, and it's shrunk already and and it's nearly disappeared. That's how I'm looking at it. So that's a little while away. So in between now and then, um, I'll head back to Adelaide for a week to catch up with all those people that have wanted to catch up with me and, and meet with them. And I'm really looking forward to... Um, being back on home turf, I guess, and seeing my mates, my my very best mate, um, Ebo, Luke. Um, Solid we, name. Yeah, we, we lived together for a long period of time. We were known as the, the Liebets. So his <laughs> name is Ebert, my name's Lee. We were called the Liebets. It was really annoying. Um, <laughs> but that was what we referred to. And uh, he's just had his first child. So yeah, um, I can't wait to get down and, uh, and see him and... Not give Luke a cuddle. No. Um, but give Straight him, to give his little boy a cuddle. Yeah, 100%. And see him. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's what's coming up over the next short period of time.